we'd like to welcome you back to part three of our current event and weekly Bible study for November 19, 2017. I'm hoping my voice can hold out for this part. I got a little fired up there in these previous parts there, and it's a little raspy, but <clears throat> hopefully I can get through this. Now, what I'm going to do is this is a file that I have that I send out to people if they're like battling basically the devil. They're battling spiritual things in their lives. They're looking for remedies on things, and I'm, I'm always big about giving a synopsis on what you can do about a given problem. And this information, really for the body of Christ, is probably about as important as I could cover beyond salvation. Okay, Because we're really in an increasing darkness and war every single day. And these are just some biblical things that you can do um, all in one spot that you can reference. And, and you can even print this, this document out. It's basically... Uh, looks like it's about 16 pages here. The, the only problem you run into is that there's a lot of links within this, and you obviously, if you print it out, you won't be able to access the links. But you could you could even go through, if there were links that interested, you could print those out if you wanted to have a hard copy. Because you never know. In the future, We if the grid goes down, if we get hit with an EMP, the only thing that, that would, you would have at that point is whatever you had in print. You know, Unless you had a hardened computer or you had shielded it from, from an EMP attack. Um, biblical, proactive, and what I'm going to be doing is I'm not going to be doing an in-depth study here. I think this is something that you really need to look at in depth on your own, okay? But I am going to be giving like a synopsis and a rapid fire bullet points of a lot of these points that we're talking about. Some of the stuff I've covered many times, but I don't think I've ever actually covered all of this in one spot. And I don't really know a more important time to go over this than now because again, as the days grow darker, Okay, biblical proactive act actions that m make a difference when dealing with evil entities. Now, this is also about, a lot of this is about your own personal life. Okay, because if there's demonic baggage in your own life, it gives the demonic entities access to you. Okay, and I'm not saying any of this like I think I'm Mr. Perfect, I'm in Mr. Goody Two-Shoes and I got everything figured out. You know, I, I would say this as much applies to me as it does anyone else. So I'm not, I'm not up on a high horse giving you this information i'm doing it because i care you know so um i love you enough to tell you the truth type of type of deal okay so okay biblical proactive actions that really make a difference when dealing with evil entities number one get at least one king james bible cd playing in your residence somewhere 24 7 it doesn't have to be at a super high level I have found, though, if it's playing somewhere where you're at, it might have to be under your bed. I don't know what circumstance you're in, okay? Um, if you don't think there's a difference in versions, please go to, and there's a whole Word doc on the difference between versions, King James and others, or key in King James or KJV in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com on all the teachings I've done on the King James Bible. And King James himself, okay? So, um, I know this might not always be feasible, but in your house, it's the most crucial area. These evil entities cannot stand the word of God. From what I have heard, they particularly do not like the book of Revelation. You can still go up. I haven't done it because I've got enough now, but you can get the Revelation CDs, like, up on um, eBay. I'm not, I try not to go to Amazon if I can avoid it, but uh, eBay or... Uh, they're, they're harder to find now because CDs are not as, as in vogue as they used to be, but 
Um, you can find audio players. Uh, I got this, the one I've got that's been playing now, man, it's been probably going for a good year now. If you get a CD player, okay, and I'm going to give you another option here in a second, but if you get a CD player, you want to get one that is a high-quality one. You don't want junk because they will not last, I guarantee you. You play something 24-7 on a continuous loop, you got to have quality. And you're going to want to get one that's like a, if you can, like a Sony or, or a better brand name. And the one I got now is a sport model, meaning it's sport. It's it's more like rugged. It's more like, okay, you know, like if you take it on. Or they've got some, have you even seen it, like hardware stores that are like work models. Like you would take on a work site, something that's more rugged. They're going to have better mechanisms. They're going to last a lot longer. And you just play that on a low level in your house 24-7. Okay. Um, the, the devils hate it. That's all I can tell you. They don't like it. Uh, most likely because it reminds them of where they're going to end up, which is the lake of fire. The Lord said, I've exalted my word above my name. So the word of God is our most powerful weapon. Jesus himself would only quote scripture to Satan when dealing with him. And it worked. I have done this for years. And the Bible also says my, my word will not return void. So there's another one. I, I have done this for years. Uh, well, also, above all, taking up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's, it, you know, I'm sorry, above all, taking up the shield of faith, wherewith you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. But the thing about the sword of the Spirit is, is if you look at the full armor of God, it's the only offensive weapon. The sword of the Spirit. The Bible says it's not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. So it is a it is an extremely powerful weapon, but you have to believe that. You can't just do what I'm saying and have no faith in what you're doing. You know, because then it's not going to work. I'm not saying that even if you didn't believe it, playing the book of Revelation wouldn't have a good effect. But it would probably just stir more things up because your faith would be so lacking and the devils would probably just attack you more. So you got to kind of be careful. Well, if, if you lack faith, ask God who giveth liberally and abradeth not. Ask him for more faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So there you go again. You want to build your faith? Listen to more word of God. Read more word of God. The washing of the water of the word, it cleanses you as well. Okay. Um, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, according to Hebrews 11.1. 1. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. So, again, faith is, like, super, super mega important. And remember, above all, taking up the shield of faith, wherewith you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Okay? So, and, and to every man is appointed a measure of faith, the Bible says. So not everybody has the same level of faith, um, you can ask for more if, if, um, you, if you feel like you lack faith. You can read the Word of God, listen to the Word of God. That'll build your faith up. Um, also, another way you build your faith up is by exercising your faith. Listen to my teaching on supernatural experiences. Just can supernatural. And a lot of the stuff that's happened to me. I mean, I had a good old um, Jasmine, the black-eyed witch, trying to kill me here in the last year or whatever threatened sending me a, a picture of herself you know black eyed bean right out in my face saying we're coming for you scotty i'm gonna appear in your bedroom and i'm gonna gut you like a fish basically you know what jasmine bring it bring it that's what i told her i'm like i'm not afraid of you in the name of the lord jesus christ you devil 
We'll see who's victorious. You know what? I haven't heard from her anymore. And I know personally there's at least two witches that I'm are gone because they've tried to get in here. And I'm not saying I'm saying they tried to astral project. I'm not saying I murdered anybody or whatever. I'm saying that they got a whole lot more than they bargained for when they try to come here. I got firsthand accounts from the witches themselves on on um one occasion in particular that I can't say a lot about because she doesn't want she's she's now a listener. <laughs> she was one of the witches trying to kill me. <laughs> she's a listener, praise God. <laughs> but I can't she she begged me not to release it because she's afraid they're gonna find out who it is and, and they're they're gonna come after her. But Suffice it to say, she saw the main witch die right in front of her. That was astral projecting in here with three other witches. She's, she saw her die right in front of her. Her hair turned white right in front of her. As she was trying to astral project in here. And the other witches were... They, they lived, but barely. Barely. So, that's one account. You know, and I've had a lot of other stuff happen here. Well... You know, it's not me doing it. <laughs> it's not that I'm such a great guy or I'm such a super Christian, you know. But I do have the faith to believe, as unworthy as I am, God can protect us and will protect us. And I mean, I implement what I'm talking about here. I don't implement everything as much as I should, but I do. I mean, I'm I'm trying to implement what I'm telling you here and hopefully not be a hypocrite about the vast majority of what we're going here. I Meaning there's certain things I should be doing more of too, like fasting that we'll talk about. But um, um, this, this is what I really believe increasingly God would want us to really get back to and really understand that we have to rely on God. That we're not going to be able to, to deal with all of this wickedness that is upon us and that is coming and that it is seeming like coming like an avalanche apart from him. But through God, I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against him. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and the righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Okay? No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. These are all basically Bible quotes. Through God we shall do valiantly, for he it is that shall tread down our enemies. I'm not reading off a cue card, but the Holy Spirit's just given these, giving me these verses as they're coming into my head. You know, so um, that's why it's important, you know, that we need to memorize the word of God. Because, you know, they, they could come one day and, and, and take that away. I'm sure that would be ultimately on their, their agenda, you know. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. These are all just Bible verses that are that are in the Word of God, you know. But they're they're positive Bible verses, you know. And and you want God's guidance. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. So trust in Him, and acknowledge Him in all thy ways, and that's how you get God to direct your paths. Now you could do that and the, like be living in a boatload of sin, and that could hinder things. So there's a lot of things that can hinder your prayers. And that's what this document's kind of going over. Um, and again, I'm only going to do kind of a cursory run-through of this. You're going to need to put in the work um, to really implement this, because I can't do that for you. 
Now, this, I just saw this the other day. And um, uh, I don't know, I called the company. And it's the Wonder Bible. I had a, I had a listener send me this. So it's for only $39.99, you can get a, it's a basically a little, um, I don't know, it's probably... What is the size of? Uh, what could I liken this to? I don't know. A couple packages of cheese. I don't know. <laughs> like the kind that come are a little rectangular. It it kind of looks like it's, it's you know, I don't know, 7 inches by 4 inches by like 2 inches. Okay. It's a little player called the Wonder Bible. Uh, now you can listen to both the Old Testament, New Testament, anytime, anywhere, easily seek out the favorite chapters and hear the spoken word of God. 30 day money back guarantee. Now listen, I'm not, I'm not making any money off this. I'm, I'm, I'm promoting this, but I'm also, here's the thing. I called the company. It was unbelievable. I, I call the company and it's like, I get this, um, lady and she's this big spiel about this big thing. She's reading off a cue card or whatever. I'm like, ma'am, ma'am, please. I just want to talk to customer support. I have a question about this. Oh, you need to call this number. And she and she spouts it a million miles an hour and then hangs up on me. I'm like, you know, that's so Christian of you. Thank you. And then I had to call back because I wanna I wanna know the answer. I still never got the answer. And I finally got the got the number. Okay. The lady kind of almost reluctantly, begrudgingly gives it to me because she's not gonna make a sale. And I call the main company and and I said, listen, I said, I want to know if this device will play on a continuous loop over and over. Meaning you can set it, leave it there, and it's going to play for as long as it... The thing I like about this is that there's nothing to wear out. Like a CD player, it's going to wear out eventually. There's moving mechanical parts. This, there is not that dynamic. Uh, so basically, they're like, you know, we don't know. I'm like, are you kidding me? You don't know. You're, you're like the... The top of the customer service support line, nobody's ever asked this question. You have no idea. Well, let us uh, tell you what. Let, let's, um, we're going to have corporate call you back and answer your question. So I gave them all my information. They never called me back, which is the Christian thing to do. I mean, it's, it's what I've come to expect as, quote, Christian nowadays. I'm not, you know, for, for certain organizations you deal with at least. And um, I, so I have no idea. I, I will say it probably would play the Old and New Testament in one continuous loop. I don't know if there's a setting on it, though, where you can put it for continuous loop play. That would be the way I would use this. And, man, you could, I mean, you can get one for $39.99, which I think they're making a really good profit off. But, again, for what you're getting, you can't really put a price on it. $4.99 dollars postage and handling, and then a double offer, you pay just another... 1999 for a second one so you could get two of these it looks like for 60 bucks and um if you got two what you might want to do is keep one shielded meaning keep it so it's emp proof because these are electronic and they probably would be susceptible to that uh you can leave it it doesn't have a wall plug but it has a usb plug and what you can get is a the USB plug that plugs into the wall or plugs into like an outlet and it has the adapter where you can plug the USB thing and, and you could run this thing continually. So you wouldn't have to go through batteries. 
But again, here's the big unknown. If anybody finds this out, let me know. Does this play on a continuous loop? Because I don't know if I can even really recommend this. I think it's interesting and it's really cool to have. And there are total applications for it. Now, they're saying that it does play the King James Bible. But the weird part about it is, it says King James Version. But then when you go and you find the commercial on YouTube, and I, I pointed this out to the company, I said, what, it, what version is that? I'm like, that's not the King James. And they're like, well, no, that's the new King James. I'm like, that's not the same version. Totally different trans, translation, the whole nine yards. I'm like, you really shouldn't be putting out commercials where you're saying it's King James version and yet you're advertising it with new King James. Well, and their, their justification, I'm sure, well, it's, it's easier. I believe the reason they're doing it is not because they're such great people and they care about the King James. I think it's because they're doing it because there's no copyright on the King James within America. You could claim that in England through Cambridge and stuff, but not in America. And therefore, they're not going to have to pay, like if it was an NIV or a new King James, they're not going to have to pay them royalties. It's a big reason why they have all these versions, because every time they come out with another one, they have a new copyright on it, and then they make all this more gobs of money. It's totally satanic. One of the many things about all these other Bible versions. Anyway, offer details. The Wonder Bible audio player is an incredible new Bible that speaks... Wonder Bible audio player is compact, lightweight, easy to carry, and contains the entire Old and New Testaments of the Bible in the King James Version. Now you can hear the Word of God spoken anytime, anywhere. Now through this special offer, we're going to send you the incredible Wonder Bible audio player, bonus zip-up storage bag, and USB charger cable, and 10 meditation tracks for the ultra-low price of $39.99 plus $4.99 postage and handling. Or you can select the double offer and pay $19.99 for a second Wonder Bible. Uh, audio player setup, audio player set, and we ship it to you for, f I guess they ship you the second one for free. That's an amazing value and small price to pay for unfettered access to the spoken word of God. I, 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 again, I hope what you get if you order this is the King James. I, that's what it says. Can't believe they wouldn't not honor that. And I hope that you can play it on a continuous loop, but I haven't been able to find that out. And my time's so limited, I can't afford to waste any more time if they want to ignore me. But, you know, honestly, when dealing with, with companies and with, I mean, it just depends on the person you're dealing with. I, I've just come to expect that out of so many, and I don't mean my listeners, but I mean just people in general, where there's just no integrity or very, very little, you know. You want to get right back. You look, you know, all this stuff, and you never hear from them again. Anyway... Okay, so that brings to my second point. Second point is putting on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So again, advising everyone to memorize or at least memorize the 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 um, the armor that you need to be putting on every day, preferably at the start of the day. Sometimes I put it on multiple times. Okay, and where is that at? Ephesians six ten through eighteen. Okay, and I already talked about the sword of the spirit and then the shield of faith and then the other things that you need. You can just read Ephesians 6, 10 through uh, 18. Okay, that's, that's a no-brainer as a Christian. No-brainer. These are, these are no-brainer things everybody should be doing every day. Okay, but in faith. Okay, so uh, then going further. A believer's authority in Christ and warring in the spirit. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon, shalt thou trample under feet. Uh, 2 Timothy 1.7, For he hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 
For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Remember, that was what I was talking about. Uh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfill, fulfilled. And I mean, you know, having a readiness to revenge all disobedience. I mean, this is righteous indignation, I think, with the Bible. This stuff should get us stirred up. Righteous indignation is an attribute of God, you know, and from the beginning, the kingdom of God suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. That's what the Bible said. That's what Jesus Christ said in the gospels. Now, I don't have a clear totally, you know, on every single scripture in the Bible, but there does seem to be biblical um, mandates and biblical justification for righteous indignation for, and for wanting to revenge disobedience and for wanting to reprove the unfruitful works of darkness and to have no fellowship with them and for wanting to expose satan's devices and for not wanting and, and, and wanting to avoid being destroyed for lack of knowledge like the bible talks about in hosea 4 6 so you know i think it's the important point here is to have biblical balance okay where we could just focus in on these verses and and then you know get into a really super militant mindset where you know i think we need to balance it with the whole word of god you know the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long suffering gentleness meekness faith temperance okay that's we need to balance it we need to have that biblical balance and a lot of i believe a lot of ministries will just focus in on one area maybe to the exclusion of other areas or other verses that they don't ever touch because it doesn't fit with whatever dogma they're trying to put out uh so but i mean it says it right in first john 3 8 for this purpose the son of god was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil does that sound kind of from jesus toward the devil does that sound like some kind act he's wanting to extend to the devil he came to destroy the works of the devil and we're to follow him so, I mean, I give you a whole bunch of verses here that, that you can look at. Um, th the, the third thing, plead the blood of Jesus over your house, your property, your cars, your family, yourself, etc. Revelation 12, 11 said, and they overcame him, basically the Antichrist here, by the blood of the lamb, this is how we overcome Satan, and particularly in, into the days and times we're moving into, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Okay? So, um, four, pray for the Lord's angels to encamp around about you, your family, your house, your property, etc. But remember, Psalm 34, 7, the angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and delivereth them. So the fear of the Lord is connected with angelic protection. So I pray the fear of the Lord for my family and myself also. Okay. Um, just can fear Lord at contendingfortruth.com. I don't do as many of the um, dedicated biblical studies as I did before because I've already covered them. And there's only so many ways I can cover the same ground. So, again, I've already done this and a lot of times I've done it about nine different ways and i, I don't want to just keep revisiting the same ground i've already 
I've already, vi- I mean, that's why I made the recording in the first place. So uh, that's super, super important. Fear the Lord and appropriating angelic protection. And also fear the Lord is connected with probably more blessings than any other thing in the Bible, particularly if you look in Proverbs and Psalms. I mean, it's just so, so many blessings connected with it. It is just amazing. But again, it's not a popular subject. Because people want to think of God as the big guy in the sky, the heavenly bellhop, you know, the man upstairs, all this other stuff, these irreverent things. And they don't want to have any kind of godly reverence or fear of the Lord, which is obviously not unbiblical. You should have that. Uh, So, going forward, number five. Uh, Let's see here. As a saved believer in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit lives inside us. When petitioning the Lord, use the example. And if you're not saved, go to my my webpage, contendingfortruth.com. Click on the True Salvation tab, and I'll walk you right through it. All the studies on getting saved and then like what to do after you're saved. It's a pretty complete study. It's all for free. The PDFs are all up there that document all the Bible verses. I'm, I basically just give you a ton of scripture. So I'm trying to just stick with what the Word of God says. So that's the most important thing, that. So please do that if you haven't. Uh, going further, uh, let's see here. When petitioning the Lord, use the example of the Lord's Prayer by petitioning the Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for whatever our prayer requests are. So you petition the Father, you know, and, and through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the way that we're biblically taught to pray. But remember, Psalm 66, 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. In this case, iniquity would be unconfessed, unrepentant sin, essentially. So make sure you're right with the Lord, especially before going to bed. Uh, Ask the Father in the name, I mean, this is good to end the day that way, in other words. Ask the Father in the name of Jesus Christ to guard us through the Holy Spirit. This would be in addition to the other things I've already mentioned. Uh, Also, look at my studies, and I give you links here, the biblical keys to answered prayer. And then another one called Overcoming, Protection, Meekness, Answered Prayer, Faith, Fear of the Lord. See, again, I've already covered all this stuff in depth. So that's why I'm just doing a kind of a cursory. I'm blowing through this today. Um, And I give you the links to those other studies here so you'll have them. Okay. Number six, pray. Particularly the Lord has led me to pray Psalms, Psalm 64 in particular, and Psalm 91 and 94. These psalms are regarding the Lord dealing with our enemies for a per, for personal protection and also judging the wicked because when God judged, judges wicked, the wicked and wickedness, good things always happen. When God doesn't judge wickedness, you have wickedness taking over like was what's going on at the Mall of America that we were talking about today. Okay, so when when no when wickedness is not being judged, wickedness will proliferate. That's not biblical. That's not holy. That's not good. So shouldn't we pray against that? Not not praying in such a way where, oh God, kill them all, these wicked devils. But that when God judges wicked, good things always happen. People always get saved when God does this. Why? Because godly fear falls upon them. When Ananias and Sapphira were judged and killed, okay, great. it said great fear fell on the camp that saw this. And that many were converted. So it was a positive outcome. And it's much more merciful than just letting wickedness continue and proliferate and doing nothing about it. But, you know, most churches don't pray that way very much, I don't think. So anyway, I give you a 
the link, which is one of the most important teachings I've ever done, imprecatory prayers and God's judgment on wickedness, a Christian's door of hope. It's highlighted it there. It's going to be on page well, probably eight or nine of the uh, of this PDF for this date for November 19th, 2017 at contendingfortruth.com. Probably one of the most important things. I, I made such a gigantic difference in my life when I started praying Psalm 64 every day. Okay. Um, okay, let's go forward here. Uh, let's see. Oh, also regarding prayer, there's a spiritual principle that the Lord has made mention to in the following verses. Deuteronomy 32.30 How should one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight except their rock had sold them and the Lord had shut them up? Um, now we don't want to build a dogmatic doctrine around this one verse, but the spiritual application seems to be that two Christians in unity can accomplish much more than one alone. Meaning if you pray about something, if you pray together with another Christian, you're amplifying things. One can put a thousand to flight to 10,000. Okay, so again, that's pretty interesting. We should be really praying for each other. And if you have a spouse or a prayer partner that seems to amplify that effect greatly. Uh, remember, Jesus said in Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. It doesn't say where one is gathered together. I'm not saying... Jesus couldn't be there if one person was praying, but he just he says it here. Gather together in my name. There I am in the midst of them. Uh, the Bible also talks about a three-fold cord. A three-fold cord is not easily broken. Meaning, if you're like in prayer with two or three people, if you had a cord and you were wrapping it, like one strand would be easy to break. Whereas a three-fold cord let's say three people praying, that's much easier, that's much harder to um, break. So there's there's scriptural principles here, is, is I guess what I'm trying to show you. Uh, let's see. Okay, next one, point seven. Stop any and all sexual sins. Go to my teaching on biblical sexual prohibitions. Uh, we will look, in this teaching, we, we will be looking at the subject, which rarely is ever preached in modern-day churches, the sexual prohibitions outlined in Leviticus 18 and 20. And you could say, well, that's Old Testament. Yeah, well, these are, these are morality things that you don't do. The ceremonial things in Leviticus, okay, not like plowing with an ox or, a, a, I don't know, a cow or something together. I mean, you know, wearing your beard a certain way, not mixing fabrics, okay, no, I do not believe that that is something that uh, that we're bound under to. But the morality things that are talked about in the Old Testament are just as valid today as they would be then. So um, this is a very important study and especially needs by Christians in the day and time we live in. Truly much of the body of Christ is being destroyed for lack of knowledge due to not knowing the material covered in this teaching. Let me just make sure that that teaching's... I just, I'm clicking on... Yeah. Yeah, I'm clicking on the link. and So I'm giving you the link here. You're not going to have to search for this. It's right here. Uh, unfortunately, there are many things that modern-day Christians are doing, many times unknowingly, that are affecting them adversely in both a spiritual and physical way. Much of what we will be getting into was common knowledge 100 years ago, but has been slowly repressed since then. The devil's repressed it. We will look at the shocking whole definitions of sodomy. Because we just think... Well, sodomy is just two men. Oh, no. Doesn't, uh-uh. No, it's not. It's way more than that. 
can apply to a male and a female together. Um, we will be looking at the whole definitions of sodomy, fornication, and intercourse, and also the New Testament text, some use to justify any sexual action regarding the marriage bed, where it talks about the marriage bed being undefiled. Well, that means, what anything can go? Well, sure. No, <laughs> it doesn't. We will also see how biblically these types of sins defile a person in a way that other sins do not. Uh, also, then my teaching on contraception in the Bible. Oh boy, here's another one. Again, Galatians 4.16, Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? This, this ministry's never been a popularity contest. I've lost so many listeners over the years because I'll say, I'm sure I've probably already said stuff just right now what I'm saying. I'll lose a whole bunch of, of listeners over just these two last things I just said because they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear obvious truth i mean and i prove it and i document it and it's there and it was common knowledge so much of this 100 years ago and oh but it doesn't matter for a lot of people they're gonna be mad or something and i'm not i'm not like purposely trying to go out to make people mad but i do love you enough to tell you the truth and a watchman if he sees the sword coming and this is a reason that a sword would be coming this is a reason god's judgment could be upon the body of christ and if he does nothing to warn the city or in this case my listeners or the flock or the body of christ then their blood will be on the watchman's hands see to whom much is given much is required the bible says so i've been given a lot and now i'm in a position as a watchman where i got to put it back out or then I am in trouble with God. I don't know why he puts up with me anyway. I'm probably already in all kind of hot water with God. But I'm hoping that I'm at least putting out what I need to be putting back out. So, in this teaching, many will be shocked at the way many birth control methods actually work. From the pill to the patch to IUDs, they are potentially what they call, quote, abortifactive. Meaning they can cause abortions in the body from a fertilized egg and seed. The pill, the patch, and IUDs. That's the main way an IUD works. Um, I've heard that they say, no, the pill and the patch don't work. Yes, they do. Oh, yes, they do. You read the real inserts. See, Satan wants you to be blinded to all this. He wants Christian women being in an abortion factory their whole lives and not knowing it and wondering why their lives seem so cursed and why they can't get through to God. Well, your, your own womb is a child sacrifice factory. I, I'm being really blunt, but I'm just saying that is what's going on with a lot of women. And I'm sorry, but, you know, it's the truth. It could potentially be that in you. The, in, in other words, that is the potential way the pillar of the patch work. IUDs, that's the exact way they work. They do not allow a fertilized egg to implant in the uterus because they've created an environment in the uterus that is not conducive to life for a fertilized egg meaning the body will just abort it that's how they work at least it's it's a potential way the pill and patch can work and it's the sole way basically an iud works um genesis 1 and god blessed them and god said unto them be fruitful multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it Genesis 9, 7, and if you be fruitful and multiply, bring, bring forth abundantly on this earth and multiply therein. From the apostles to 1930, no true Christian group ever sanctioned this practice, meaning contraception. 
Uh, and it was Christian state legislatures across the country that made the trafficking of contraceptions, contraceptives illegal until the Supreme Court intruded in Griswold versus Connecticut, paving the way for Roe versus Wade. See, one thing leads to another. So in other words, 75 years ago, this message would have not been necessary and would have not been controversial because this topic was not even worthy of debate among Christians. Contra I mean, and you, maybe you could put another 10 years on that now. Contraception was considered by Christians a grievous sin, and that fact was a foregone conclusion and was not even debated by Christians. Did you know the word contraception is not even listed in the Webster's 1828 Dictionary? Because it wasn't, it wasn't anything that was even there. It wasn't, it wasn't even a term. You didn't, you know, it didn't exist. Um, that's a big one. That's bound to lose me a lot of listeners on that one. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but I know the way things go. Number eight, cleaning your house of cursed objects. Uh, while I don't agree with everything on this website, it does have some good overall guidelines. I give you a link to this website. Um, let's see here. Uh, okay, so this is a whole link. I'm, I don't even have, the, this is a link you're going to have to click on about, about cleaning your house of cursed objects. Okay, some good general guidelines. Number nine, fasting. Okay, so number nine, fasting. Jesus even said in Matthew 17, 21, but this kind goeth out except by prayer and fasting. This kind does, oh, okay, they're not using King James, I'm sorry. This kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. It's a more modern day thing. I don't condone it, but sometimes stuff gets through. Anyway, um, in other words, there are certain devils or demons that will inhabit or infest people that will not leave except by prayer and fasting. Isn't it funny? The new versions have removed this verse. So many of them, this verse is removed. I wonder why. Do you think Satan would want you to know this or would he not want you to know this? All the more reason to read the King James. Okay, so it's very important to understand that if you're having a spiritual battle and you're not getting victory, it may be because you haven't prayed and fasted about a particular issue. Now, again, if you have other people even doing it with you, it's even more powerful. Um, now, this is just an excerpt from a... Uh, our, a report called Breaking Demonic Strongholds. And it said, well, okay, he, this is from a guy, I think named Bobby. He says, I've been a Christian for less than a year and I still deal with a lot of bondage due to traumatic past, which includes a long list of foster homes. I had endured abuse and was raped at the age of five. The cruelty turned me cold and resentful, causing me to become an abuser. This in turn resulted in a broken marriage, drug addiction, alcoholism, and a depraved sex life. In search of the answer, I fell into the hands of cults who used brainwashing and hypnotism on me. Their methods opened doors for demonic activity. A friend prayed with me to break the result of this manifestation and bring me to a knowledge of Christ. Their efforts were unsuccessful, though, after which fasting was suggested. I was told about the power and the potency of prayer that can be obtained during a fast. Not only did the fast enable the eviction of demons, but I started to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit within me. Exciting and wonderful things started to happen after the third day of the fast. God actually used me to help put a marriage back together. I could feel the Holy Spirit directing me in what I must do and say. Now I fast regularly to keep my spirit in tune with the Lord. 
Okay, going further. Here's a testimony by a guy named Randy Corbin. Uh, let's see. He says, I was able to hear, during his fast, I was able to hear better than ever before because my mind wasn't cluttered with all the junk of a normal day. And that was just a kind of a precursor thing he said. On Sunday, my pastor quoted Matthew 6, 16, where Jesus said, when you fast, with the emphasis on the word when and not if. So in other words, like in biblical times, when Jesus was around, it's just, it wasn't something you like debated doing. You just did it. It was part of life. It was part of, and that's why he said, when you fast. Uh, he went on to say that biblical fasting has always been part of the Christ Christianity, just like prayer. So privately, I decided to attempt a fast. Very few people who I talked to had ever fasted before. To, to be honest, I had been curious to see what would happen. I could not have imagined the remarkable journey I was about to initiate. It all started with a six-day fast. The first day wasn't that bad, and there were no ill effects. Uh, but I could see no gain from it either. The second day was much harder. It sounded like there was a war going on in my stomach. I felt tired, and I had a panicky emotion about me. Uh, towards the end of the third day, my hunger pangs were gone, and this is when I started focusing on uh, Christ. And I spent four hours reading my Bible. Also, I noticed my energy level had picked up and I really started to feel closer to Christ. On the fifth and sixth days, I could feel the presence of God in things that I had never experienced before. I can remember sitting on a large rock out in a field and it was, it was if I could feel his presence even at work on that very rock. I ended my fast on the seventh day. I was at work, but I found a place where I could be alone with God. I served myself communion as a way of ending the fast. I think that's good. That's another thing I haven't mentioned, which is taking the Lord's Supper. And I think I've done a teaching on that too, just keying the Lord's Supper communion. That's another, it's another ordinance that we're supposed to be doing. And, um, and I don't mean Catholic communion. I'm, I'm not talking about it. And you might go to a church where they do that. Okay, but a lot of my listeners don't. And you can do that on your own, and you should be doing that on your own. And I did a whole study, so just access that. And, and that's another, I really believe in a way it's another weapon of our warfare. It's another, another way to stay right with God. It's another way to honor God, you know. But remember, examine yourself before you do it. And I get into that in the teaching. Because there's a big warning there, too, of, of partaking of the Lord's Supper without examining yourself and it says many are asleep meaning they've died or sick so if you're taking the lord's supper unworthily and not examining yourself and confessing your sins and repent and trying to repent obviously all i'm saying is is i'm not saying yes you got to walk around sinless perfection yes we should strive for perfection okay but anybody that's telling you they're walking around in sinless perfection you know only the only one that ever did that's jesus christ is all I'm saying here. And if we say we are without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us, according to 1 John. And, and, and Paul the Apostle said, Oh, what a wretch of a man that I am. Who should deliver me from the body of this death? The things that I shouldn't do, that I do. And the things that I should do, that I don't do. So that doesn't give us a license to sin. We're not, we're not to use our liberty for an occasion of the flesh. But I'm just saying that, you know, again, it's, a, it's about balance. It's about balance is what we're looking at here. But anyway reference that that teaching and i get into all that stuff uh way more in depth anyway so um let's see here i ended my fast on the seventh day uh serve communion we have any fast the 
first fast was only six days, but I learned how fasting builds a relationship with God. This small six-day fast brought about many questions. If I had gained so much from six days, what would happen if I went further? A few months later, my pastor gave me the chance to answer that question when he asked me to join him for a 40-day fast. Oh, now you are... I mean, I don't know what you want to call it. That is manning up. I mean, I know I don't want to offend any of the females, but man, that is whatever. That is, that is knuckling down, man. That is 40-day... I would say you would really want to be called of God to do this. And I wouldn't want to, I would never tell anybody to start with a 40 day fast unless, like, God just, whatever, you had a clear absolute, because it's something that I think God would want us to kind of ease into. Well, anyway, um, I said yes. I knew that the first week was going to be like, um, I knew what the first week was going to be like, but in the weeks that followed, neither I nor anyone else in my church knew what to expect. First, here are some of the physical changes that I experienced. Okay, and this is on his 40-day fast. He said, when you start, when you fast, parts of your body get a chance to rest. The liver, the pancreas, the intestines, and other parts all, well, I don't, they, don't, they don't shut down, but they get a chance to rest and cleanse. And what you're, what's happening is, is all the energy that your body would normally devote to digesting food or liquids and things of that nature, all that energy can be put elsewhere now. Because it's like, whoa, I don't have any food to process. I don't have any toxicity coming in. I mean, because most of the food and the, and the stuff that most people are eating is of a toxic nature, unfortunately. Not everybody, obviously, but a lot of people. So it can take that extra energy it would normally devote to processing of food, which is basically a 24-7 thing in the body, because even if you've eaten a meal and it's three hours later, your body's still processing it. Okay, That all takes energy. That energy now can be diverted back into whatever organ systems need to be repaired. I just saw this, this thing the other day. Um, Jones was interviewing that Dr. Group guy, and he said, they were talking about that DNA Force product they got, and he said, well, what's the best way to stimulate stem cell growth? Stem cells we have in our own body and can be stimulated. And stem cells are one of the main regenerative things that can be activated in the body to regenerate systems in our body that are damaged. Okay? And he, this guy, I'm pretty sure he talked about how he was totally cured of diabetes from this fast. Meaning his pancreas was regenerated. It started producing insulin properly. After the fast, the body repaired itself. How did it do it? Primarily through stem cells. Okay. If you have an old injury that won't heal, if you've got like a whole bunch of health conditions and stuff like that, this is the best way that you can possibly repair your own body. It's also probably the not most easy way because I mean, I've done the most I've done at this point is a week. And I did one week, you know, I did that week with three days of no food and no water. That was a really tough week, okay? And I was working. So everybody has different experiences with it. I mean, I'm not going to say it's easy because <laughs> I never got to that point even in that week where everything was like pixie dust and buttercups. I, I, I never got there. I don't know if I went beyond a week if I would finally get there. But everybody's different. Remember that. So if your experience isn't like this particular person's experience just understand we're all built differently we got different toxicity levels 
Um, our body reacts to different things different ways. The bottom line is this is biblical and it is probably, Dr. Group said the single most powerful way to generate stem cells in the body is water fasting. Just water fasting. I mean, that is a profound statement. More so than any supplement you could even take. Um, what do they do now to repair injuries? Well, you go and you get stem cell injections into the joints of like, let's say you had a tore up elbow or wrist or whatever. You get stem cell injections and they're getting, they're getting miracle stuff. Now, again, you'd want to do your research on that. I, I haven't really looked into that enough, but you want to make sure the stem cells are not from like aborted babies. Okay. And that type of thing. Uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm hoping that's not the case, but just do your research if you want to go that route. But beyond that, you've got your own stem cells that you can produce and it won't cost you any money. It'll cost you the sacrifice of crucifying the flesh in the fast. But not only is it probably the best way you could possibly get a hold of God, the best way to supercharge your prayers, the best way to potentially expel demons that you might be dealing with that you've never been able to get victory over, but it has all of these health benefits as well. So let's go further. When you fast, parts of your body get a chance to rest. The liver, pancreas, intestines, and other parts rest. This allows them to not only rest but detoxify but also they heal. During my second long-term fast, I was healed of diabetes. That's pretty big. All the years of garbage that had been building up on my body was gotten rid of from end to end, which resulted in feeling a feeling of better mental and physical health. Now, remember, he was doing this with water. So make sure you're drinking the most pure water you can drink. Not only bottled water in those BPA water bottles that are hormone-disrupting and, and mess up and, and basically turn men into females if you drink enough of it. I mean, they're doing so many things to us now to turn men into females and to, and to also absolutely destroy women's hormonal systems as well. Okay? Soy is probably one of the greatest ways to do that. It's a phytoestrogen. They literally give it to women for menopause to, to bring up their estrogen levels. Why would a man want to put that in their body? Why would you want to give an infant soy, soy formula? That stuff is poison. It's not fit for human consumption. A little bit of fermented soy is one thing like they do in the orient a little bit okay but never like the soy milk and all it's it's death it's death it, it is not and why do they push it so much in so many health food stores because they know these people are health conscious they think they're doing something good for themselves and they're just falling right into this trap you better read labels going further i lost an average of a quarter pound to one pound a day I wanted to keep my fast secret from most people, but I didn't want to lie to them either. If you drop 35 to 40 pounds in a little more than a month, people are going to notice. <laughs> I simply told them I was watching what I ate. At uh, one time that I went through that really, really dark spiritual period that I talked about a lot, um, I lost 40 pounds. I fasted about 40 days out of 60. Now, I didn't do it straight. I would, I would have like, three two days of fasting three two a week and then i'd eat and then i'd do another whatever i did it because i was so trying to get a hold of god and i was so desperate to get a hold of god i didn't care i i was in so much agony during that time it didn't i would whatever it took 
I even told God to make it worse on me. I told him, accelerate what I'm feeling so I can get through it quicker, God, please, because I can't take this pain anymore. I mean, I'm telling you, that's where you grow is in the valleys, though. You don't grow on the mountain. You see any plants growing on the mountaintop? It's not where plants grow. They grow in the valley. And, and I was in the valley. And um, I would imagine I got rid of a lot of, of um, probably spiritual baggage during that time. Um, and, um, I probably got rid of a lot of toxins, but I dropped, man, I got down to like 178, I think. And I was like, when I started it, I was about 215. Um, so that's a lot of weight. And I mean, I was in like a month, 40 days. No, no, 60 days, 60 days out of about, I, I determined that out of about 60 days, I had fasted about 40 out of those 60. So, yeah, I was desperate. I, I was purely doing it to, to try to get a hold of God. I mean, you could even say my intentions were self-centered. I was doing it, but I was trying to get a hold of God. <laughs> I wanted to make him, I had to do whatever I had to do to make the pain go away because I wasn't functional. I was trying to see patients. I was in private, well, private practice, trying to see chiropractic patients. I mean, I was a mess. And, um, so I kind of know a little bit about this, you know, I'm, I haven't fasted as much as I should, but I know, I know a little bit about it. Um, all right. Then another one next, next point, somewhere around the end of the second or third week, my liver dumped its toxins. Now I've heard this a lot on people that do extended fasts where like people will all of a sudden one day, this one guy, I remember he was out on like a canoe. He was doing like a 40 day or a 21. I don't know. And, now there's different kinds of fasts too. There's the, um, is it the Jacob fast or no, not Jacob, um, Daniel fast. I'm sorry. The 21 day partial fast where you just cut out certain foods. Now that was when he did that one. He was trying to get a prayer through to God. And because he had fasted and kept up the fast, the angel finally broke through with an answer. Okay. So it really depends on what you're led. There's that one that I've done which is like the red alert, pull out all the stops fast, which is three day, no water, no food. I've done that one on, oh, I think at least three occasions, at least. That one, though, it says, if I perish, I perish. In the Bible, it even says that. So it's, a, it's somewhat dangerous. I would want to be make sure you were called of God to do it. And that one's not fun. I'll be flat honest with you. You get into that, I mean, a lot of people can't even get through the second day. You got no water running through you. So if you do that one, you want to make sure you're not sweating. In addition, you want to make sure you're not, you're going to be three days somewhere where you're not doing a whole lot. Okay. And, and that one's a tough one. That one's, I'll flat out tell you, it's pretty painful. Your kidneys start hurting. Um, me, I think it was into the third day or maybe the end of the second, you start to, wow, I didn't know my, I can actually feel the outline of my kidneys <laughs> because they're screaming for water. So again, make sure that you're led of the Lord to do whatever type of fast. Maybe for a lot of people, it'll be a, a one day, maybe they'll start by skipping one meal. You know, you got to walk before you can run. So I'm not telling you to do anything particular in regard to this, I'm saying pray about it, be led of the Lord, read the information I've got. I've got a whole bunch of links I'll, I'll give you here in a second that you can 
access off the PDF, and that'll probably answer all your questions because I, I can't, I can't, I don't have the time to cover every aspect of this, but I do give you the resources. All right, so, oh yeah, but this guy, he he was out on like a canoe. He was doing like I think he was doing forty day. It was like the twenty first day or something, and he just doubled over in pain. I mean, it was agony, and he basically had a bowel movement but it wasn't even a bowel movement it was literally mercury that came out of him from some uh, back in the day they would actually use mercury in certain medicinal preparations and he literally excreted mercury like number two in this canoe and it came out of him and it was he remembered from when he was a kid he must have had this big accumulated dose of mercury that built up in some part of his body that the body finally had the energy to expel i thought that was so amazing it reminded me of what this particular man's saying he says around the end of the second or third week which is similar to the story i just told you my liver dumped its toxins and was passed in a stool about about once a week it was very unpleasant smell as the body continued to purify itself, there was a color change in my urine. This process continued during the length of my fast. All my senses were multiplied. My sense of smell increased beyond belief. I can remember being able to tell one tree from another by its smell. How cool. So you get superpowers too. Oh, sorry. Uh, also, things like perfume and deodorant actually became offensive as they were incredibly overpowering. My desire to eat went away. Now, I never got to that point. Even as much as I fasted, <laughs> during that 60 day period i never got to that point now granted i didn't want to eat just from the standpoint i was so distraught but i wouldn't say my appetite ever went away okay so again it's gonna be different for everybody i noticed a strange odor coming from my breath yeah he was detoxing every way his body could detox okay that's why when you you get up in the morning your breath is so bad because you're literally you've just fasted Let's say you slept eight hours. Well, you've just fasted for eight hours. You've been resting. Your body's been able to devote energy. It's a mini fast. That's why when you eat your first meal of the day, it's called break fast, breakfast. You're breaking your fast, okay? Um, and you're all of us do it. I mean, unless you like eat throughout the night, you know. Um, let's say you go to bed at, I don't know, what? Let's say you have your last meal at at eight. And you get up at 6 and you eat at 7. I don't know. Well, you've just fasted like 11 hours, which is a good thing. There's a lot of health attributes people are discovering. And this is kind of like, um, it's called intermittent fasting. Dr. Mercola's talked a lot about it. Uh, Mike Adams has talked a lot about it. It's one of the best things you can do for your body. Uh, um uh, the guy, the, the doctor group, the guy with Alex Jones, he talks about it. I mean, it's proven, okay? Intermittent fasting is one of the best things you can possibly do for your body. Where you'll have people that maybe fast one day out of the week. Uh, you are, you're having a lot of people right now that are doing one meal per day, one large meal in the evening. And that's all they're eating. And everybody that's doing this that I've seen, other than like I think one report said it didn't work, we're saying they were losing massive amounts of weight. Even if they were eating whatever they wanted, and now I wouldn't just have a meal of junk food or whatever at night. I mean, the meal should be a, a good quality meal. But basically eating whatever you want until you're satisfied. One meal per day in the evening, which would be basically like 
let's say, 23 hours of fasting followed by another 23 hours. And they're literally doing that and they're losing, they're dropping like, most people drop a pound a day. And they're allowing all of this energy to be redirected back into their organ systems. And they're just doing it for health benefits. That's a big trend right now and I'm seeing very positive things. It is one of the best things you can do. I'm telling you it is. Uh, I remember there was this guy in this gym I used to work at back in uh, Cape Coral. Long time ago. I, I don't even know if I was out of high school then. And I can remember this. He was like a, he was probably in his late 50s. And this guy was very muscular for an old guy. I mean, he was a pretty big dude. And I, it's funny. I don't know if God brought this back into my remembrance the other day because I've been so, I've been seeing so much on this fasting lately. And I can remember him telling me, he said, I eat one large meal once per day. That's all I eat. And I thought, you know, all of the, all of the traditional bodybuilding stuff, which I kind of grew up in that culture. I worked at gyms and stuff and worked out in, in thing. And I still work out. I mean, I'm not trying to bodybuild anymore, but, um, I did, I did all that stuff. I did Mr. Atlanta in 1992, um, did that show. And, and, and so I, I mean, it was pure vanity, but I'm just saying I wasn't a Christian, but I, I know I, I've been in that culture for a long time. And I was always so perplexed at how this guy could maintain so much muscle mass at his age. And I don't think he was on steroids, but you'd almost think he was only eating one meal per day and he didn't have a high body fat. I mean, he didn't have a high body fat level. It wasn't like he was gorging himself to the point where that one meal he was overweight. No, he, he was trim. Now I understand it because so much of what they're coming out with now is talking about intermittent fasting. And how it actually preserves muscle mass growth. And how it actually stimulates your hormonal pathways. And how it's really good for testosterone and balancing all the other hormones. And it would be the equally as good for a woman as well. And how your body burns tons of fat on this. So that's another thing. That's a whole other ball of wax. And you could incorporate that into your spiritual life. I know some of my listeners are already doing that. I've gotten feedback. Okay, so going further, what I gained spiritually was beyond description. You will feel closer to God than you have ever felt in your life. The desire to be alone with God will increase to an insatiable hunger. I was able to hear from God better than ever before because my mind wasn't cluttered with all the junk of the normal day. I learned to know the presence of God in a way that becomes constant and personal. You will also learn how out of how to balance out your spiritual life and... Um, Learn how out of balance your spiritual life is uh, when it's centered on the world. Ending a long-term fast can be physically challenging because of the great spiritual gain I actually found myself not wanting to eat again. I can't imagine. That's amazing. If I learned anything from the fast, it was to get alone with God regularly, which, you know, you can't go wrong there. We should be doing that anyway, every day. You know, if you want to boil biblical fasting down in a nutshell, it's time to draw near to God. During your fast, you will have periods of great joy and battles of depression. So it's not all pixie sticks and buttercups and, and you know, it's, you're going to, it's, it's a battle you're in, really. You're crucifying your flesh, you know, which is not easy. <laughs> because of the great spiritual gain, I actually found myself not wanting to eat again. Uh, let's see here. 
Uh, these things will teach you about yourself. These battles aren't brought about because of your fasting, but are made known to you through the fasting. When you end your fast, you will notice that these battles are still there, but you will have learned that your source of strength and hope comes from Christ alone. There may be pleasure in a jelly-filled donut, but it often masks something that may be missing inside. If you get too many of these false thrills out of your life, you can start to rely on them for your comfort instead of Christ. Your spirit will grow during a fast, but it is up to you to maintain its growth after the fast has ended. Fasting teaches you how much junk we have in our lives and that we don't need. Jesus said, when you fast. Uh, I have heard it said we must live by faith and not by feelings. Even mature Christians will admit they do not always feel the presence of God. Nonetheless, for those of us who have never experienced a deep sense of God's presence, there is a risk of developing an intellectual faith that is devoid of any longing and passion. Biblical faith is full of longing and passion. For how can someone pant after God? There's a Bible verse about as the heart panteth after water, so my soul panteth after thee, O Lord. David, a, ver, a Psalm of David. That's what he's in reference to. How someone can pan after God while in the desert if they have no memory of his refreshing presence. Both experiences are vital components to a vibrant faith and vibrant relationship. Randy will never be the same. Now this is a commentary afterward that I'm reading. He has tasted a better wine than the world has to offer. He will never crave any more. Real biblical fasting is about developing a deeper hunger for the presence of God. So I mean, you know, you just can't go wrong. You cannot go wrong. Other than, well... You just rush into something without praying about it, and you do the maybe a, the wrong kind of fast right off the bat that God didn't call you into. You know, like I'm gonna do a 40 day or off the bat. I would, you know, slow your roll on that one. You know, cool your jets. That's that's probably not the best thing to do right off the bat. I would really want to get confirmation or peace from God about it. And again, I think it's best just to start start with one meal. Start there. You, listen, you got to walk before your baby steps before whatever. So, I mean, even one meal, you're doing, you're, and, and, and again, you are crucifying the flesh. And yeah, one meal is not that big of a deal, but at least you're showing God you're taking a step in that direction. And generally speaking, when you start to make an effort in any one particular direction that is biblical, God will, will step toward you as well. And He'll give you the strength to go wherever you got to get to. So then all of a sudden you might say, well, I'm going to do a day. You do a day and you find out, hey, hey, you know, not that bad of a deal. I'm going to, you know, so that's how this all goes. Now, I give you tons of links here on, I'm just going to read these off, on fasting. There's a link for water fasting. This is biblically based. Water fasting, juice fasting, the master cleanse, spiritual fasting, intercession and fasting, four fasting weapons, fasting scriptures. Uh, smashing meaningless living, inner healing, the, the fast, the fasting slowdown, growing a health hunger. Now, I don't know exactly what all of these means. I'm just kind of reading you a lot of these. In-home fasting retreat, prepare for your fast. See, this is, this is going to give you the tools you need in order to actually go after this. Now, I know there's books written on it, but so much of what you need, a lot of times you can get on, an, on the internet and, and it's free and you don't have to go out and buy a dedicated thing. i mean this is basically a book right here between all the links i'm giving you uh, motive is everything length of fast tips for a successful fast making fresh juice you can do juice fasting that's another kind okay which is also extremely good for you um particularly on, on if you're if you're really keen in on a lot of the green juices 
you wouldn't want to do a fast where everything was, unless God called you to it, like everything was like, oh, like apple, orange, all sit, like all fruits, because you're going to tend to really spike your blood sugars up. Yes, they're cleansing, no doubt, but you really want to have some greens in there. You want to have beets, typically. You want to do something to slow down the um, the blood sugar spike, and the greens will do that, and, and it's just a better thing to have in there. And they're very, very, very cleansing to the liver and to the de detoxification pathways, the green um, leafy vegetables in particular. I like, too, they've got these magic bullets now that grind. I mean, you could put like the equivalent of a gigantic salad. I use like organic spinach and just stuff it down in there with other things like you can put um, honey and um, other vegetables fruits in there and you're getting not just the juice but you're getting the fiber which i really think is more the way god would want us to consume it more than just the juices because the problem with the juices is you are going to spike the blood sugar typically with them because the fiber has been removed that's why god put the fiber there not only to supply bulk in the stool so that we have you're actually exercising the intestinal tract. It's a cleansing device with the fiber, you know, but it's also keeping the blood sugar sugar levels a lot more level because the fiber is going to cause a much more slower release of the carbohydrates into the blood into the um, bloodstream, okay? So you're not going to get a massive insulin spike if you're doing the fiber with it like God intended. So I'm not, I'm not super, super big on just doing pure juice fast because... I like the fiber that's already in the fruit. God put it there for a reason. I mean, you know, is it better just to take the juice from the apple or is it better to get the pectin in the apple and the fiber and, the, and all the other stuff? And you could juice it and you can make it into like a smoothie and it's super good for you and the fiber's still there. I just think it makes more sense. I like those Nutribullets they've got. And you can get them, I mean, you can get deals on them. You know, you can, uh, overstock.com is a good place um ebay you know there's a lot of places you can get stuff now at a really great price all right so then um vegetable juice guy juice recipes how to stay on your fast nightmare juicer i don't know what that one is supplements and fasting how to break a fast 11 most asked questions about fasting so all of this is here it's going to be on i don't know probably about page 11 to 12 all these things now I'm going to start wrapping this up here. I, there's another 11 pages of information here, okay, that really you need to, I've already covered a lot of bases, but this is entitled Spiritual Warfare Basics, Basics Attacking Your Worst Sins. Um, so it says if you want to stop backsliding into sin, you need your you need to use your spiritual weapons. How do I stop sinning? And again, it, this goes through, It's it's all biblically based. They talk about fasting some more. Some of this will be a little bit redundant. Some of it is going to get into memorizing targeted scripture. Uh, let not, do not let pleasing others keep you in a sinful rut. These are topics. Fighting the good fight against your sin. And then I also give you the full table of contents and full book called War on the Saints, which is a big one that has been recommended by a lot of people in like the deliverance ministries and i have a lot of mixed feelings about a lot of the deliverance ministries because so many times they get really way far off in left field they typically will get a very 
charismatic bent to them. I came out of that. I've seen it. I've been there. I, I just, I'm leery. I can't help but be leery. So I don't want to put you down the wrong road. But this is kind of an old, tried, tested, and true standby. War on the Saints. And um, chapter 1 is a biblical survey of satanic deception. Chapter 2, the satanic confederacy of wicked spirits. Chapter 3, deception by evil spirits of modern times. 4, passivity, the chief basis of possession. Uh, chapter 5, deception and possession. Chapter 6, counterfeits of the divine. There's a lot of that goes on. Chapter 7, ground and symptoms to, of possession. Chapter 8, the path to freedom. Chapter 9, the vote. The, volition and spirit of man chapter 10 victory and conflict and chapter 11 war upon the powers of darkness and then chapter 12 revival uh there's a summary here there's other links you can click on i mean if you just spent like the next three months on this these last like uh was it 16 pages that i'm covering here on this pdf you would probably have plenty of information for the next three months on that one thing probably one of the most important documents i've ever put out and again i'm always updating stuff so when i might have put this out before i probably didn't have near as much stuff in it because I'm, I'm always updating adding to upgrading all of my word documents it's a it's a daily affair not every word document i got because i've got hundreds but i'm usually updating at least one or two on a daily basis and then here's another thing at the very end, and it's called How Do I Stop Sinning, Overcoming Your Worst Sins, uh, to Stopping Backsliding. And some of this will be redundant, but I think this is a good good thing to you know have reiterated in your head and see a, a few different takes from different ministries on how they approach things. And uh, it's, it's all quoting a lot of Bible. All of these r reports... And this is all King James. Um, and yeah, they're covering some things I didn't cover. And, and again, that goes all the way to page 22. So that's all I have for today. And praise God I was able to get through all this. And um, hopefully this will be a blessing to you. And again, this is something that you can print out for the most part, other than those the, a lot of the links there that you might, you could print out those separately though. You could print out the main body of this and then say, oh, I really want to know more about that. Print out that link. And it's only going to cost you paper and ink on that, as opposed to going out and trying to buy 14 different books, which I'm not a real huge Christian book guy. I feel like my time's so limited. I basically tend to, if I'm reading a book, it's the Bible. And, and um, I'm, you know, gleaning and garnering a lot of different things on, on the internet. And this is a great resource here. So I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day and this time you've given us. Um, Lord, I just pray for your blessing upon the body of Christ, upon my listeners, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you direct us and guide us on how to pray about the things that we've covered today and in previous studies, and that the body of Christ, you would give them a burden to pray about these things as well, Lord, that you would protect the innocent, Lord, and those that, you know, would be targeted, whether it's by, you know, the government, whether it's by people wanting to kidnap people or whatever whatever way or say, say satanic cults wanting to kidnap uh, women and children and these types of things for their satanic ceremony I, I just pray god for your divine intervention worldwide um uh, and that you would stop these things lord 
I pray you give us divine foreknowledge of the enemy's attacks and that you show us exactly how you want us to battle them. Um, uh, Lord, I'm nothing com compared to you, Lord. I'm nothing without you. And I'm just trying to put out some information to hopefully help the body of Christ. I pray it be a blessing to them. Uh, but you're the one, the Holy Spirit is the one that really has to do the convicting and the teaching, Lord. And I just pray for that for my listeners. Um, I pray that you forgive us for any and all sins that we've committed as we forgive those who have sinned against ourselves and that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer, and that you cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults, that they would not have dominion over us. I thank you, Lord. Um, I pray that you use the body of Christ mightily for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. We pray. Amen.